Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Not all itchy dogs are allergic. Not all itchy cats are allergic. Not all dogs or cats with hair loss are allergic. When do you suspect that we're not dealing with an allergic patient? This can be really, really difficult because we know allergies are so common and can present in different ways depending on the pet. But there are other things that we deal with in dermatology. We are not just allergists. And it's really important to recognize that we can get complicated cases that aren't allergic or they were allergic and now something else is going on. So I want to go over some, you know, key points of when I would maybe suspect we're not just dealing with an allergic pet. And let me start out with saying that sometimes I don't know on that initial exam. Sometimes I have to try some things. Maybe I have to treat the infection first. I need to biopsy the skin because it really looks concerning and maybe it truly will just come back as allergies. So I want you to kind of feel some comfort knowing that even as a board of dermatologist, I don't just look at a case and automatically know. I can have my suspicions. I could treat uh, and maybe have some follow-up ideas when I recheck them of what we need to do, but it can take some time to really identify and figure these cases out because they can be really, really difficult. But let's go over some signs that, you know, you might not be dealing with allergies. It's not a catch-all. You know, we can have some allergic patients fall into these categories, but it can at least heighten your suspicion that you might not just be dealing with a typical allergic dog or cat. So number one, the history doesn't quite fit. History often gets really overlooked and I get it. You guys are going really fast in general practice as far as the time you have allotted for a skin exam and you have other things that are happening compared to what I would have in a dermatology clinic, right? Like I'm not having emergent hit by cars come on, come in my clinic in the background. But there are some key things, even if you have to do a more abbreviated history, if you're short on time, that cannot quite fit with the typical history of an allergic patient. So for example, what could that be? You see a 12-year-old dog come in and they're coming in because they're super itchy and red and they're losing hair. But then when you dive deeper and you just ask, you know, does your pet ever have signs of allergies in the past, or have they ever had skin disease in the past? Have they ever had an ear infection in the past? Let's say this is not a case that you've been seeing their entire life. And the owner says, no, we've never had any skin issues, itchiness, infections historically ever. That would be a bit of a red flag for me. And that doesn't mean you cannot get late onset onset atopic patients, that you can't get food allergies, especially as they get older, but it's not typical. Other things such as I've developed an endocrinopathy like hypothyroidism and a really bad pyoderma could cause an older patient to all of a sudden be itchy and red from the bacterial folliculitis, but the reason it was there because of something like hypothyroidism or epitheliotropic lymphoma. So cutaneous lymphoma, we see patients that, you know, all of a sudden have these signs when they're older. And we actually see some patients who have allergies Um, 
develop lymphoma as they get older too. So that's what can make this difficult is if they do have that history. But if you have no history of really skin signs and all of a sudden they are a mature senior patient having skin issues, that's a bit of a red flag that we just want to pay attention to. Other historical things, you know, acute versus chronic. So of course, things like flea allergy, if they had flea exposure could be acute, but let's say you have a patient who, you know, is uh, out running around in the field and all of a sudden comes in, they have a unilateral ear infection. Well, I would be worried first about something like a foreign body rather than just chalking up, oh, it must be an allergic patient that has an ear infection, you know, versus a typical history we're going to hear about with ear infections and dogs with allergies is, oh, they've kind of always shake their head in the summer, or they always like moan when I rub their ears, more chronic issues, even if it's acute on chronic, they have a history of ear infections. And now all of a sudden we have an acute infection that's happened that I still may think is more common with allergies versus a unilateral acute infection, especially if they have a history of running around and it's uh, just on one side. Other signs. So yes, we can see allergic patients get punky, lethargic, especially if they're really infected and the ear isn't on the skin. But if you have a case that comes in with skin lesions, but they've also, you know, become PUPD all of a sudden, or they're super punky and not feeling good, there's other neoplastic autoimmune skin diseases that can systemically affect them. So pimphigus cases often come in and they feel really punky, they're febrile, they're lethargic, and there's not really much infection we're seeing under the microscope. That would be atypical for allergies. They We do get really bad infections with allergies, but we don't tend to get them super punky and febrile. So the history is something you want to pay attention to. Number two, distribution of lesions. So if you see a patient who comes in and they're red and inflamed and itchy on their skin, but their nasal planum is also very depigmented and ulcerative, I would have autoimmune or neoplastic on my list way before I would have allergies on my list, unless they're traumatizing that nose because they're so pruritic, which would still be a very bizarre presentation. Allergies really shouldn't do that. Um, Other presentations that I've seen that have kind of been diagnosed as allergies and then referred to us and it doesn't really fit. If you have a lot of asymmetry, so I've had cases, for example, a boxer with, you know, two large nodules on the right thorax treated for allergies was a bit itchy and red, but it was an older boxer with lymphoma that had gotten to the nodular form. Uh, if you have patients who get, you know, really distinct demarcated, say crusting on the trunk, or if they get distinct masses or nodules, you can get things like autoimmune diseases as, as we have talked about pemphigus, you know, you can get some asymmetry, but it can be very symmetrical too. Um, or things like sterile nodular paniculitis. So if you're having interesting areas that you see allergy patients all the time, right? We think of the axillary region, the paws, you know, trunk, ear infections, perioral, periocular. But if you have a patient that comes in and mucocutaneous junctions are affected, you know, ulcers around the anus, ulcers around the vulva, prepucial area, the gums are affected, the nasal planum's affected, it should feel very weird that we'd call that an allergic patient. Or like I said, if it's really asymmetrical, and that again, doesn't mean it's foolproof. We get acrolics from allergies that can be asymmetrical, but if you just get lesions that really seem like they're not more of a diffuse paritis, um, they're nodular, but not really infected. um, They're on one side of the body. 
it should just raise a concern that you might not be dealing with an allergic patient. So distribution of lesions being number two. Number three, the type of lesion. So again, ulcers, nodules, depigmentation. Now, of course, we can get ulcerative skin and we can get, you know, nodular skin with things like interdigital disease. If they get pododermatitis, those interdigital furuncles can be nodules. But let's say you have weird nodules and you do a cytology and you don't really see infection or you see weird cells, right? You don't see like neutrophils and some cocci, but you see a lot of granulomatous disease, a lot of pyogranulomatous disease, but there's really no infection. So when you get these nodules, ulcerative depigmentation, it again should make you feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm dealing with an allergy here. This seems weird. And maybe we need to do other things like do a biopsy to see if something else is going on. Uh, Number four, what are your diagnostics showing? So that sounds really simple, right? Because that's why we do diagnostics. But do your cytology. And sometimes I will tell you, I have cases where I see that initial exam, they're crusty, they're inflamed, there's some infection, I'm not sure. I've had plenty of cases where that first exam We may just treat the infection, whether we have to treat topically, whether we're going to culture and treat systemically, we might have to treat those lesions first, the infection first, and see what type of clearance we get. So for example, I have cases that come in, they're really crusty. I'm finding some infection under the microscope, but I don't know if it's really enough to warrant the degree of crusting we're seeing on the skin. And I don't know if this is an allergic dog or a pemphigus dog. And so what I'll kind of tell the owner is we need to clear up this infection first because I don't want to do you know inappropriate tests like an allergy test on a dog that's pemphigus. And sometimes when they do that recheck, we have the owner prepared for either a biopsy or an allergy talk on the recheck. Like we spend that first exam just treating infection as we need to, whatever it looks like for that pet. And then on follow-up, if the uh, lesions are totally clear because of treating the infection, you may be dealing more with an allergy dog versus if the infection looks clear under the microscope, but you're still seeing a lot of neutrophils, then we probably need a biopsy because we truly might be dealing with something like an autoimmune disease because the crusting's a primary lesion that we're seeing versus just a secondary lesion because of the infection that's there. So sometimes you really have to take the time just to clear that infection and then decide next steps. We don't have to have all the answers on that first exam. The other thing I want to give you permission for, it's okay to biopsy and get allergies back. I have that happen in some of my really difficult resistant allergy cases. I've had cases where I'm not sure if it's just terrible allergies or skin lymphoma. You know, I've had allergy cases. I'm struggling and I'm struggling and I'm struggling. And I'm wondering if something else is going on. Is there a pyogranulomatous dermatitis? Is there the allergic dogs developed pemphigus? And I'll get back allergies and owners will be prepped for that. And it can feel disappointing, like, oh, I just got back allergies. Should I have biopsied that? But that biopsy has also told you a lot of very helpful information. We don't have lymphoma. We don't have pemphigus. You know, we don't have paniculitis. Um, you know, whatever other differential you had on your list, you don't have it. And it's better for us to confirm and know that for sure. I mean, I have gone to my own dermatologist and had lesions, you know, biopsied off and they've come back benign and it's like, great, you know, we're on the right track. So it's okay to biopsy. If you're concerned, if they're not responding, if 
Um, the lesions look weird, but you know, you're afraid you might just biopsy allergies. If it has gotten to the point where any of these things are happening, distribution of lesions are weird. Types of lesions are weird. The diagnostics aren't matching up. It is okay to biopsy and be sure. The last um, kind of tip I have for maybe being suspicious, you're not just dealing with allergies. They're not responding to typical allergic therapy. So you, and assuming you have cleared infection, right? Cytology, everything, we've got the infection under control, but they're an itchy red inflamed dog that does not show any response to apical cytopoint, cyclosporin, maybe even steroids. Now we get resistant atopic patients, believe me, I'm the one who has to see them. We get the worst of the worst cases. So we do get really difficult allergy cases that just truly don't respond to therapies. But I do biopsy a lot of those dogs because you can have other things that have occurred. Everything we've talked about, you know, some sort of autoimmune neoplastic thing that's happened. We know with epitheliotropic lymphoma, there's a concern that, you know, some of the lymphoma dogs we see may, if you have a history of allergies and that chronic inflammation at your skin, is there a slight, you know, predisposition that you are more likely to develop it? Um, so those are the things that we have to consider is if they're not responding to therapy. And the last thing I'll add to that is again, if you have a patient who has a history of allergies, right, you've managed them for five years for allergic dermatitis, but and they're, they've done great historically, and all of a sudden they're not doing as well. And remember, we talked about this last week on the podcast, the different reasons that you can have a history of, I've done great with something like Apical or Cytopoint, and now I'm not responding as well. But just because you have previously diagnosed and successfully managed allergies in a cat or dog previously doesn't mean they cannot develop other skin diseases. So I have had my chronic allergy cases all of a sudden either something weird comes up, like they're not responding to their therapy. We've done the appropriate things we're supposed to do, like treat infection and look for flare factors. Um, They have new lesions they've never showed us before. Um, They're not, you know, the distribution's different than they showed us before. I've had cases I've managed with allergies all of a sudden get dermatophytosis. I've had them contract scabies, right? And they forgot to give their flea prevention for whatever reason. So even if we have that history of allergic dermatitis, pay attention if something weird pops up, new lesions, new types of lesions, not responding to things that we used to, because that could be a sign that something has developed. I mean, my previous dog was allergic and she developed hypothyroidism when she was older, right? Started getting skin infections that weren't responding to the things she used to respond to. So just because you've had allergies historically doesn't mean you cannot develop another skin issue. And we want to make sure we recognize that. And sometimes we have to look at a case with fresh eyes and not think about all the history of management we've done with that case because we just assume, well, you've had allergies, so it must be allergies, but that might not be the case. So just to um, do a Cliff Notes version, signs that you might be concerned you're, the patient you are seeing is not just dealing with allergies, whether they're itchy, red, signs that it doesn't quite fit the history right? The history just isn't typical for an allergy dog. It's super acute. Uh, They don't have a history of skin disease until they're older. Number two, distribution of lesions. So the mucocutaneous junctions affected. We're getting really focal asymmetrical lesions. Number three, types of lesions. So it's not infected and we're seeing things like weird nodules, ulcerative skin. Uh, Next, diagnostics. So again, 
your cytology, you're not really finding infection, but there's a lot of crusting on the skin. Maybe you need to take the time if there is infection to treat it first. I don't even necessarily put them on other anti-inflammatory medications. We may just treat the infection. And I tell the owner, your pet, your pet's probably not going to get hundred percent better because if there's allergies, there's itch I'm not managing. If there's autoimmune disease, obviously something else, uh, just infection control is not going to treat that. But I need to see how these lesions do just by treating infection first. So I know if I need to do other diagnostics like biopsy and remember, okay to biopsy allergic skin. If it's weird skin, that's not responding. And then finally, not responding to typical allergy therapy. And we've ruled out things like infection. So those are kind of my top signs. And there's always going to be uh, cases that don't exactly fit into this list, right? There are weird allergic dermatitis. If we think of some of our, um, you know, funky breeds like our German Shepherds, our Westies, like breeds that can have really unique presentations of allergies. But in general, these are at least things I want you to think about. At least kind of take a step back and say, oh, this isn't really like typical for allergies. This isn't what this pet has showed me before when I've managed their skin disease. And make sure we're not missing other things. So we are dermatologists. We're not just allergists. There are other things we see, endocrinopathies, autoimmune diseases, neoplastic diseases, other infectious diseases, depending on where you live in the country, other parasites. There's other things that we deal with that can cause skin disease, itchiness, redness, alopecia. So take a step back, you know, fresh eyes and just look at that case and think about the things we talked about today. And these are the types of things we dive in more in the Derm Nerds. So make sure if you go to thedermvet.com, you can see the little tab for the Derm Nerds. You can join our online community where we talk more in depth about things like this. And we do cases and we do topics every month so that you can feel more confident in your management of your skin disease patients.